Support for Accounting for Your Thoughts podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Yo, it's showtime, here we go. Buckle up, mask up, Ray Mysterio. Yeah, Mr. McMahon in your stereo. I'ma set the stipulation and scenario. Force count everywhere, doors drop everywhere. Hit you with a finisher from out of nowhere. Eyes all white with the cold stare, you know I had to go there. Hell yeah, the flow so real. Pennies in my shorts, just a Kenny for your thoughts. You ain't really ready for the boss, no pennies in my shorts, just a Kenny for your thoughts. Shooting star deadly off the porch, no pennies in my shorts. Just a Kenny for your thoughts The most electrifying steady with the sauce Not a penny in my shorts Just a Kenny for your thoughts Yeah, just a Kenny for your thoughts What? The Kenny for your thoughts podcast What is up guys? Welcome to a Kenny for your thoughts podcast Back by popular demand We have anybody but Brandon Oh! <laughs> so we have White, white Brandon as I think somebody called me last time White Brandon? You're not even white I'm you're like a like, you're like a mocha like a sexy mocha <laughs> caramel. Well, you no, have that's to have me. Some milk Sorry, in your mocha. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's me. Um, but anyway, we have Cal Bird, the hardest part of the ring, apron bump, whatever the hell you want to call yourself. Tell um, everybody where they can find your show. Well, thank you for having me. First of all, Kenneth, glad to be back on here. Uh, yes, the Apron Bump Podcast, if you are not already a listener. Uh, ApronBump.com for all my episodes. I do retro reviews of uh, various promotions that have occurred in uh, the wrestling squared circle uh, or six-sided circle, huh? So, uh, yeah, ApronBump.com for all my episodes, and that's pretty much it. That's all I got. <laughs> all right, now Go listen. Leave. I think we got an episode coming up pretty soon, right? Yes. Actually, this Wednesday, ah. me and Kenny get together to talk about a little uh, In Your House 1. The first In Your House, which is a, a dandy of an episode. So uh, if you or don't like me or you like Kenny, check that out. Or if you don't like us, go listen to us make fools out of ourselves. That would probably be it's, the best yes. thing to do. Plus, they give away it's, my yeah. house in the uh, episode. So It's, it's yeah. insane. It's, it's crazy. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> eh, jinx. We said it at the same time. We also look uh, alike. Yeah. It's like... We got we the do. we got the Hawaiian shirt memo. I'm liking this. I'm liking I this do. vibe compared to Brandon. Like you feel better than Brandon. I feel better. That's yeah. you're that's, a better that's, fit. That's what they say. That does that mean I'm smaller? Uh, I mean, it could. You know, even a 747 looks small flying into Grand Canyon. There's a Triple H line. <laughs> <laughs> I have no retort. Hold on. The, the, the chat says, I think I can speak for everyone in the chat when I say that I'm disappointed that no one is wearing a single dangly earring. So here's what we do. We always keep <laughs> one on, on, on standby because Break you never know. Needed. You never know when somebody's going to request a dangly earring. So here we have a dangly earring. Are you happy? All right. But... <laughs> So, Brandon, actually, guys, forgive me uh, if Brandon might jump on. Brandon's actually performing somewhere in, in Ybor or St. Pete or wherever he's performing tonight. Um, he's a ventriloquist. Uh, his friend sticks his hand up his back and moves Brandon's mouth and acts like he has a personality. But... Oh. <laughs> 
Poor he's Brandon. So mean to Brandon. He's, he's, Brandon's nice. he's a nice fella. No, Brandon. He's a nice guy. No, Brandon. Brandon's an amazing human being. A little misguided, but he's an amazing human being. And uh, yes, I brought you the dangly earrings. You put me fuel. over his face. He put me over his face in the background. It's true. On the other side, it's just you with your face in the background, just to reinforce that it's, it's you. So that is true because no one understands it. Boom. They're actually, Brandon's actually wow. behind. Brandon's actually behind Kyle right now. And if you're in audio land, you're like, "What the hell is going on right now?" But that being said, <laughs> um, so David Holly says, "Hey, Kyle, it's Bama Dave, and I can't hear either of you because your shirts are too loud." Oh, ah. we're having fun. We Come are on having now. fun. I brought the dangly earrings. You always have a backup dangly earring because you never know. On your mark, there requested it, and I had to give it to him. But yeah. As I was saying, Brandon might is supposed to actually jump on in the middle of this episode. So if you just see screens go crazy, uh, that is exactly why. And if you're in audio land, I'll try. I'll do my best to edit it out to make it sound professional. But you know, it's not gonna happen. I just love him so much that I let him jump on midway. Yeah, turn this run uh, in. You do a little run in. You know, turn this uh, uh, menage toi into a menage. Huh? I don't. I, I don't oh. speak French. Sorry, you pronounce guys. it. No, it's very clear. No, I don't. I don't know if that was correct at all. How are we gaining more viewers right now for the nonsense that we're talking? <laughs> I talk beautiful <laughs> professional wrestling and I give great insights and it's like it'll be like two people. And then I start wearing a dangly earring and talking about skin flutes and all of a sudden 50 people show up. Look, everybody's they want to know what your thoughts on tree semen are. So that that's what people come. <laughs> what's what people come to see. Right. Look at this. Look at Daniel Bryan's or Brian Daniels' face here. Look. <laughs> like that is a man that eats the semen from trees. If, if, if you don't know, no, oh no, my danglies fell off. Oh, my danglies are no, on no. the floor. By the way, Diego's asking where my dangly earring is. I actually thought about like trying to find one because I do live with a female. But uh, the thing is, with the, these little deals here, I don't know if it would have been a. Uh, I don't know if it would have been functional. So. As I'm Kenny tries to get his, I was gonna say I'm trying to get it in. This is this this is like losing my virginity all over again. Kenny, you can't I don't, find. <laughs> the, I don't know what kind of personality it is of somebody that has AirPods and a dangly earring on at the same time, but I looked up for the chat. The young bucks are successful, as far as I'm concerned, and I'm not doing anything that they don't do. Um, you know what? I do have some rompers, so I can't really judge them too much. <laughs> He's actually wearing uh, a button up. A button-up shirt right now. What, what do you call it? Oh my god! What do you call those things? Uh, Who, the one. Me? I guess it is a romper, right? The whole uh, like what the onesies. Oh. Thank you, onesies. Yes, onesies. Yes. I was gonna say. Cal, waiting on your earring. Fruit on your mark says. Prime YouTube demographic loves <laughs> dangly earrings. That's right. <laughs> we're, we're going. I'm not for, gonna... <laughs> Go ahead. I, know, I was gonna say I can make something dangle, but I mean I don't know if we're, it's gonna. You got kicked off YouTube for saying Trump once. So, oh, whoop, shit. Well, well there we go. We're getting kicked off again. That's okay. It, that was election All time. Right, man, so case. they're probably a little bit more lenient now. Uh, but I was going to say, we're, we are going for the 18 to 62 female demographic tonight. So <laughs> dangly earrings for everybody. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. we all hate the Young Bucks. Hold on. Who's we? Because I actually don't like the Young Bucks, but I respect them. I will say that right now. I, I like you know what I will fully say I think I like the Young Bucks now I didn't used to but I do yeah I enjoy them especially you know after the the whole dark side of the ring stuff I think they came off pretty uh pretty good in my yeah, opinion. I guess let's get into that um 
you know, because the dark side of the ring uh, on Chris Canyon was actually pretty heavy. Did you did you watch this live or at least watch it back? I did. I did watch it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's, it's like same th- same thing with the the plane ride from hell thing. Like you like know what happened, but when it's like detailed so specifically and you get like the insight from the people involved, it like adds another layer to it. Yeah, I think it, it's definitely like it's hard hearing from like Luke Hawks and hearing from the Young Bucks and stuff. It was heavy. Was it was it Nick Jackson? I, one of the one of the Jacksons got the phone call and um, yeah, you know, Canyon Canyon's threatening to uh, harm himself and um, stood there for, you know, an hour um, basically trying to talk him out of it. And I I want to bring this up, but, you know, I dated someone that was like threatened to do stuff and i it kind of brought back Mm -hmm. bad memories of like that helpless feeling of like you know when somebody's threatening to harm themselves and you're not there and it's like you know you almost feel like if i don't say something or do something it's like it's my fault and uh it it was a hard hard uh watch but it it, the in the aftermath it was kind of weird um because i saw a lot of people like saying like oh i see people trying to cancel john cena because john cena you know for context was on howard stern and basically in the documentary had said uh they showed the clip of him saying you know canyon was was overrated and wasn't a good worker mm-hmm. and for context you know canyon had kind of gone on an anti-wwe crusade and kind of you know implied not even implied he specifically said you know i was fired because i of my sexuality and there was a wwe campaign basically to disparage him to say like oh well you weren't that good that's why we we fired you not because your sexuality you know right and you got to remember the position that john cena was in the top guy so of course he's going to be leading the charge of basically the anti-canyon um crusade Mm-hmm. And anyway, and I think you should speak on this more so than me, but I noticed a lot of people were saying, you know, everyone's trying to cancel John Cena and I don't understand why I didn't see one tweet see, one. saying to cancel John <laughs> Cena. It's dude, this stuff happens all the time. And it's not even just wrestling. Like it's things. It's like some people will see something, whether it's on TV or wherever, and they're going to be like, oh, man. People are going to be offended by this. I better get ahead of it and make sure nobody cancels this person. But in reality, nobody's trying to cancel. Nobody was trying to cancel John Cena. And I mean, like, we're like off the heels off of, you know, Tommy Dreamer and Ric Flair saying all that shit. And I think this would pretty much getting canceled. So I think people were kind of thinking that was, oh, who's going to get canceled this episode? Oh, my God, it's John Cena. That's who they're targeting. But in reality, like, like you said, with the context of it all. It wasn't like John Cena and Ric Flair coming in and just shitting all over Canyon for for no reason. It was literally them doing it to basically set the record straight that, no, you were fired because you sucked, not because you're gay, which, you know, did they go about it the right way? Maybe they could have gone about it more delicately, but we also have the benefit of hindsight and knowing how Canyon ended up. So, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, as they say. So, but yeah, yeah. nobody's canceling John Cena. Yeah, and you know, I, I, and I, and I think I'll say it better on on this show than I would in a, in a tweet form. Uh, but I was very conflicted because you know I know that obviously due to what happened with the dark side of the ring plane ride from hell episode, 
I know what everybody's already thinking about Ric Flair. And then Ric Flair had followed up suit on Howard Stern and said, like, remember, that that's like Canyon's hero. And he's basically saying yeah. like, you were a subpar wrestler at best. You know, you're good, but you're no Ric Flair and that sort of thing. So, of course, Ric Flair was getting a lot of heat uh, due to these two back to back episodes. Um, sorry, I'm getting really distracted because this dangly earring is like going back and forth on this airplane. <laughs> ling, ling, ling. It's like it's not because you're like looking in a mirror over here. Also, yeah, it's I'm, I'm getting lost in your eyes, which is like really not I'm not used to that. You know, usually yeah. Brandon's here and I'm just here. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it's cool. And I'm like, what's it? And he's like, I mean, you know, the people know, you know, the people know what it is, you know, and I'm like, no, you're on a wrestling podcast. Can you tell me what it is? I mean, it, it's it is what it is, you know? Yeah, it's like you he'll could say do a show just you doing the impressions of you and him. I think let's do an episode where I am Brandon. Just the whole episode, it'll be fun. Okay, yeah. But <laughs> going back to it, um, I guess my thing, and again, I want to express that Chris Canyon uh, was actually one of my favorite wrestlers. Um, I actually loved the Innovator of Offense, and when he came to WWE, I thought he was like a um, just a real great spot in the alliance like he he did a lot of great things Mm -hmm. and and like you know obviously it didn't end well for him in terms of his wrestling career but um yeah he was one of those guys that always went under the radar and he was doing the today's style back in like 96 97 you know right ahead of his time for sure definitely yeah i didn't because I, I know I always knew he had a pretty significant role in WCW. I, I didn't grow up watching WCW, but I always knew that he had a role there. But I, I, I forgot because for my podcast, I just recently rewatched all the invasion stuff. And I forgot how much of like a focal point he was in that storyline, especially in the beginning. He was like double champion. He was Alliance United States MVP. champion. Exactly. Like he was he in there with Stone Cold and The yeah. Rock and Undertaker, like all those guys. So and he was like incredibly entertaining throughout all of it. So like, it's weird. I guess he got injured at some point. Maybe that halted everything, but and and then you, you probably know more than I do. I do. And, and that's where I kind of want to talk is like, I, there was this one sidedness and, and I get it because you kind of, you know, for lack of a ter- better term, when someone has mental I- health issues and especially when they've, you know, ended their lives in the manner that he did, people kind of babyface that person because of what mm-hmm. they were going through. And, you know, what I wanted to say is, like, it was actually very disturbing to hear, like, you know, Father James Mitchell, Sinister Minister, uh, whatever you know him by, talking about, you know, Kenyon, um, you know, choking him and abusing him and doing these things. And it, it, it was... I guess I, my thing was like people were like on Ric Flair or saying that, you know, John Cena said this or, you know, saying all these little things. And then it was like, wait, but hold on. Didn't Canyon do some like really fucked up things, too? Yeah. And it, it kind of just comes to the, the point where you just say, like, you know, obviously he had his issues and he was a very damaged person. And, you know, you leave it there. You don't like make him the the hero of the situation and then make everybody else the villain is probably the best way to say it i think mental health issues are very very touchy subjects where you can't just have a clear-cut good guys and bad guys you know Um, right obviously he was dealing with some stuff and you know chose to end his life the way he did and it was just hard hearing like you know as as a fan of his 
and again, I'm sure you can hear it's hard for me to talk about. As a fan of his, it's like, man, it's just like it sucks because like he had so much more to offer the business, and I could see him like yeah. being an agent in AEW right now and just helping like wrestlers and stuff. And it's just like if he could just not hate himself as much, he could have helped so much more talent. Um, yeah. And that's the selfish part of me saying that, you know, it's like. It, well, it's it's just like, so striking to me, like how it's so clear that he felt like he had to bottle everything up and how he couldn't talk to anybody about what he was dealing with. And I think like that's one thing that I took away from the uh, the documentary is that how nowadays, how great it is that people can just be open about that kind of stuff. Yeah. and They don't have to have. I mean, the episode was called like the double life of Chris Canyon. Right. But people don't have to do that anymore. They can just, like I said, just be open about it and they don't have to have that kind of cloud over them. They can kind of just live their lives and they understand other people are the same way. So it's obviously sad that Canyon, that whole situation ended up how it ended up. But I think we can take away from it that things are a lot better nowadays. And I think it's a good thing, ultimately. And you have gay characters that are baby faces, whereas like that, you know, in Chris Canyon's time, you know, a, a gay, you know, being gay might as well have been like being foreign. You'd be the stereotypical heel and like oh, yeah. you'd be touching on people and billion you, you know, and and so you can understand his paranoia, especially, you know, again, putting in perspective the caliber of athlete he was. He was in some higher storylines in WCW. He was involved with mm-hmm. DDP. He was one of his best friends and DDP. DDP was a direct link to Eric Bischoff and things like that. So do you want that to get out? You can understand um, and sympathize why he'd be so protective of his, you know, his sexuality at that time. Um, But like you said, you know, like now we have like, you know, Sonny Kiss, Nyla Rose, things like it's a whole different generation where it's like Mm -hmm. that is not just portrayed in a negative light the way it used to be. It's not made like a, a gimmick, like a stereotypical gimmick always. Like you have guys like. Um, who, who's someone gay? Like Jake Atlas, I guess is pretty like a normal, right. just kind of a guy, and then right. you know, guys like that. That it doesn't have to be like their whole character, but it, it is Darren a part Young, of their you know, Darren Young, Darren, too, yeah. like like whole character was like it, it didn't involve you know his sexuality. Um, I think Orlando Jordan, same thing. I mean, and that was not that long after Canyon. I I think that's why I point out Orlando Jordan because it was like you know oh five oh six, like Orlando Jordan got a huge run. And he was yeah. openly gay, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, it, it it was at that point, and, and that's where Dark Side of the Ring to me was fair, was like they, they kind of said different perspectives. Like, you know, Father James Mitchell said, ah, it was kind of normal at that point and no one cared, but Kenny was still fighting those demons. Chris Jericho saying, Kenyon singing Boy George, I don't think that's a coincidence, but then Father James Mitchell saying, he didn't get fired due to his sex due to his sexuality. He just couldn't find a spot. So they were very yeah. fair, and I think this episode more so than the. Uh, I think the plane ride from hell felt a little bit more like, you know, like they were on the attack. Yeah. yeah. Um, not to say that it all isn't true, but I'm just saying it felt a little bit more like heated. Whereas yeah. this episode, they kind of showed perspectives of all of his friends and let them speak from where they were on on right. what they felt. So. Anyway, um, and yeah, Hunter, um, Hunter says USA, US champ, uh, Orlando Jordan, you know. So, again, that's where I'm like, I'm of the opinion that I don't think Kenny was fired due to his sexuality. Because even even they were saying, um, I forgot who said it, but The Undertaker, who was in that segment, was very high on Canyon, is what was said. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there you go. I mean, Canyon, uh, he was friends with uh, Brian Clark, Brian Adams. 
So I'm sure he knew de- about, you know, Canyon and WCW. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Like you said, it was interesting to get a lot of perspectives on that, like the Boy George stuff. Because that's like, again, that's like a thing that I've seen before. And it's like, it's weird. I remember when I first saw it, I was like, yo, wow. Yeah, they just hate this guy because he's gay. But you kind of like years go on and you kind of see other perspectives of other people. And uh, yeah, man, it's crazy. It's funny. I actually liked I don't know, like when I was 13, I liked that segment because I thought, I think the Young Bucks actually say it perfectly, which is like, oh, it's Canyon. Like, I was hype. Like, oh, shit, Canyon's evolved in like a major storyline. And then nothing came of it. And then so, you know, you look back and you go, maybe he was buried because he was gay. You know, it's like you don't you don't know. It was weird timing of it. Like he just comes out. He's never done anything like that before. Right. And then, why does it have to be Canyon? Why can't it just be a, a random jobber, like local right. jobber, you know? Right. And again, we're all we're speculating. We don't know. Truly don't yeah. know. But yeah, it was a little bit weird and jarring to see the, the footage back. If you watch it ever again, a chair uh, shot that Canyon got to the head was insane. Like if, if nobody's seen that, watch it for that alone, because that that is crazy. That again, is, yeah. why we don't have that anymore. Nowadays. That is up up there with the Brock Lesnar, Jeff Hardy chair shots, you know, yeah. Undertaker to Maven. But Undertaker used to just hit some like maybe like some hard chair shots to people. So I don't know. Maybe he was just, hey, I want to see if Canyon can take this and he'll pay some dues and we'll, we'll get him in a program. Well, no, these kids are just playing their video games and their TikToks and right. their Fortnite. I want some and, salty, uh, crusty balls and whatever the hell he said. But uh, no, no. Somebody but, I don't know. Maybe the Undertaker was trying to test him, you know. Yeah. Um, and Hunter, you know, Hunter speaking from the perspective of a gay man. I didn't want to say it because it's Hunter's choice to say it in the chat. But he's saying, you know, listen, though, it's it's easy to say the business was tolerant back then. If you're not someone who's actually gay and has that fear, like your country is tolerant, but we're still being killed. I can understand. And and that's kind of what I'm saying is like um, I, I actually not saying the business was tolerant back then i'm saying like it became a little bit better circa 06 but circa 02 you still had billy and chuck and the stigma mm-hmm. um and then the funny part i think it was um was it the lgbt alliance i'm sorry i don't remember the name of the organization was like yeah thanks for doing this gay wedding and then they completely oh, you know yeah. how they felt <laughs> like they're like oh great a positive wedding and then they were like we're not gay Oh, ha, ha. <laughs> Why would we do that? Right. And it's like, uh, there we go. Three minute warning. Let's go. Three. <laughs> yeah. Three minute <laughs> warning. That feud was awesome, though. Like all things considered, that thing was awesome. Why, why did my phone go off here? Apparently, I'm getting messages from eBay. So if you're bidding, if you are bidding on a pair of my used panties, I will message you back uh, soon. But <laughs> you. you could just told me you could just told me in private. But, you know. Oh, OK. Maybe his paranoia and fear affected his work, and he was never as good as he could have been, which is why others didn't see him as worth keeping. Uh, it, it's a hard subject because it's like it's one of those things where it's like, of course, what was eating him up was affecting his work. And then from WWE's perspective, let's say if they didn't know he was gay or anything, they're like, well, why is this guy not performing as well? And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so there's like it's just like a just a, a big, huge. Yeah, a lot of a lot of layers and just this whole like um Anyway, we spend a lot of time on the subject, but yeah, it just it sucks. Canyon should have been better, be, like a better role, you know. Mortis should have been world champion. I'm just gonna say it. You won't say it, but I'll say it. I actually like Canyon. I didn't like Mortis as much as everybody else. <laughs> Nobody liked Mortis. Did you like Glacier? I thought he glacier. was. I don't know. He was all right. 
Blood runs cold. Who better than Canyon, though? Who better well, than Canyon? That's a good amount of people, I think. I actually, wow. Anyway, I actually <laughs> liked the funny part is like I actually liked his him having the lisp. Yeah, Again, I was a worked. huge Canyon fan. I thought he was unique when he was like, "Nobody's better than Canyon. Nobody." You know, but anyway. <laughs> um, I can't like Kenny. <laughs> Got the HBK '97 look going on. Miss hoop earrings, good times. Thought that was my eBay. Where is Brandon? I just joined. This is Brandon. This is Brandon right here. Uh, yeah. So we're we talking about Nia Jax. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, Nia Jax. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, can you make a good point? Orlando Jordan had a gay gimmick. Well, remember that Orlando Jordan had all of that in TNA. So uh-huh. he never actually brought that to WWE. In terms of his WWE character, he was never portrayed as such. In TNA is when he brought that out a little bit. So just FYI. Um, but let's keep this going. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I wanted to talk about those two things. Um, let's also talk about the fact that Owen Hart, uh, the Owen Hart Foundation has actually worked out a deal with AEW. So we're going to see Owen Hart in AEW's video game. We're going to see the Owen Hart Cup. So um, we're going to see a tournament with his name. And uh, there's actually there's going to be some other things that right now I don't remember off the press release. But those two just alone are super major. Owen Hart video game in 2021 or 2022, whenever it comes out. It's insane. Yeah, because it's been like, obviously, it's not the same thing, but he's been essentially Ben Wald due to like the legal situation between all that. So it's like we we know Owen Hart, like all the wrestling fans know Owen Hart, but we don't generally see him on our TV screens, whether it's, you know, old matches or highlights or anything. So it's cool to see like a whole thing, a yearly thing, I guess. Right. uh, Dedicated to him. Tony Khan said it would be a yearly tournament. And I went out of my way to say. I'm going to call a shoot my shot right now. And it's a bold prediction, but I would say Kevin Steen would probably win that tournament. Yeah. And people were coming at me. They were like, you idiot. He's not even, he hasn't even left WWE. And I was like, yeah, but we don't know when that tournament's going to be. And if that tournament is February, you know, which is not that far away. You think about it. If that tournament's in February, literally Kevin Steen could show up and, and be in that tournament. I mean, you could, yeah. I mean, depending on, because we might talk about it later, but with like the whole Bray Wyatt thing and him like forfeiting, I don't know exactly how that works, but I guess you can forfeit money if you don't go along with the 90 day well, no compete or whatever. Case, you know, we will talk about that, but in his case, if he is letting his contract expire, he could be like Matt Hardy and just show up the next week. Yeah, or even Adam Cole. Didn't Adam Cole show up? Like, Adam Cole, same thing. He, his yeah, contract exactly. expired like on a Sunday and he was there the next Saturday or Sunday yeah, so or whatever. Yeah, not the craziest thing in the world to see him or even yeah. Sami Zayn or I, I feel like we're only getting started as far as guys joining AEW. So now, yeah, I, I think Kevin definitely. Steen, definitely a good uh, prediction for that, especially and with this whole. Obviously, if anybody doesn't know, Owens is dedicated to Owen Hart. So, yeah. yeah so and then uh, doesn't he have a son or something named Owen? Named Owen. Yep. So, I mean, like he's sure a does. huge Owen Hart fan. Um, so. I don't think it's a coincidence is my point of view. But mm-hmm. I also said, you know, if you don't have a Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen or whatever available, or if he resigns with WWE or whatever, like you can have a case for Brian Pillman Jr. doing pretty damn good in that tournament. Because, yeah. you know, you got a Pillman winning a Owen Hart tournament. Like, it's great. You know? Yeah. A um, lot of options. And it's just so weird in a good way. 
to talk about Owen Hart in 2021 being involved with the wrestling company. And yeah. I had posted a graphic that, you know, Owen Hart is all elite. And somebody said, like, I don't think that's appropriate. And I'm like, so hold on. It's not appropriate. Owen Hart. How do I say this? Owen Hart didn't choose for his life to end in 99. So honoring him as wrestling fans is not offensive to do. It just means he's alive and well in all of our hearts. And that's the whole point mm-hmm. of this relationship with AEW and the foundation. So it's yeah. like, how can you look at me and say, I'm being offensive. You're being too touchy for no reason. I'm celebrating the life of Owen Hart and choosing to make this. Guess what? He is not here, but I'm choosing to say Owen Hart's all elite because this is the foundation decided to sign a deal. Come on, guys. Yeah. Don't be so freaking jaded. He'd support it. The blue blazer would support it. Right. <laughs> the blue yeah. blazer. God, I hated that character. Uh, the, David Holly says the game keeps getting pushed back because they keep adding stars. Uh, go look at the last episodes. If, if Bamba Dave wants to go ahead and advertise that in the chat, you can go look at the last two episodes of, of his show and you might see two familiar faces. One uh, last week and one this week, which is the guy who's tongue in the microphone right now. But anyway, hit a thumbs up if Kyle should stop tongue in that microphone. Can, can you can you hear this? <laughs> no. No, oh, okay. I can't feel it either, which is unfortunate. Yeah, but kind of everything pro wrestling says, how about that AEW video game roster? Smart move by AEW. And, and that's where um, Dave said the game keeps getting pushed back because they keep adding stars. And it's, you know, in this case, I'm OK with it. You're adding yeah. own heart to the game. Like, I am. I am totally OK. Take all the time to generate that model or whatever. Do I mean, all, I, lot, lots of games have been getting pushed back during all this covid and the pandemic stuff like i don't right. know how much you follow video games but like yeah it's a very common thing nowadays for games to get pushed back so it's not right. the craziest thing and plus i heard the game engine wasn't doing so well so somebody finally said well enough is enough and it's time for a change wait that's what owen hart said too you didn't even realize that did you no what <laughs> no. this guy, this guy. <laughs> Damn some, it. People, some people acting like they're doing this without his family or something and that's kind of what i'm saying is like yeah this is with his family's consent and that's why i'm more than happy to put over owen hart in aew it's you like what's, what I mean? what's the alternative just to ignore owen hart and pretend he doesn't exist or never existed right so, right like, yeah. and it's like you know we can argue like if i hear bret hart saying like you know I don't I I wouldn't want him associated with AEW because I wanted to pull him in the Hall of Fame and do this and that. It's like I can understand it, but it's like that's the only maybe the only other person is the heart like or the only other people are the heart family as in his brothers and sisters. that get to speak on that situation. You know, (laughs) Hunter says we've been waiting for the 007 sequel for 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) Keep on waiting. It's true. Anyway. Let's get back to it. Um, so, yeah, it's just a great relationship with Owen Hart and AEW, and I'm excited to see where that goes. But speaking of AEW, I, I hear a strong rumor, um, like you were alluding to, that the former Bray Wyatt, R- Wyndham Rotunda, uh, may be going to AEW. And the reason yeah. why people are saying this is because the next Dynamite is in uh, Brody Lee's old hometown, of Rochester, New York, where he actually was set to debut before the pandemic happened, which it sucks. Obviously, with Brody not here, it's like I'm always going to be like, what if? Um, because Brody Lee was supposed to debut in his hometown of Rochester, New York, and imagine the pop no. that he would have gotten. Brody Lee yeah. literally never had like a proper crowd in AEW. 
and he yet no. he still held in such high regard like you really think about that yeah and like most of his run i mean it, t- it took him a while to rev up to being something that he ended up being because the his original character i think you said it on the show it. before but yeah it wasn't it. good at all so um that that wasn't a wasn't the debut he probably wanted but eventually obviously he found his niche and uh went out on, on a good note at least as good as a note as you could go i guess exactly if like if if you knew that you you know your time was up it's like that's the note you'd probably want to go out on and again that's as nice yeah. as we can say it um but yeah you know like you said i actually did not like his character um mm-hmm. at when he came in the whole mr mr brody lee and he was basically just mr mcmahon and that whole parody i was like oh he can be so much better than this and yeah. then then they ramped it up and when he beat cody rhodes that was definitely the like stamp of like oh they're doing stuff with him and the man died in his prime you know what i mean he had yeah. more to do now that being said I have said on this podcast that you should never, ever have another leader of the Dark Order. You should never have a person be try to replace Brody Lee. But if there is one person who could honor his memory, and I mean that, not, not replace him, but honor his memory as the leader of the Dark Order, it would be Bray Wyatt. Yeah. He would 100%. do it justice. He would literally, and 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 wrestling fans would accept it too. Like if you hot shot somebody into that role, people would be like, "F that, we want Brody Lee." With Bray Wyatt in that role, people would be chanting Brody Lee. Mm-hmm. They would get it in an endearing way, and Bray Wyatt would encourage it. And right. I can see him saying, "Like man, we we all answer to a higher power, and my brother up above." You know, saying stuff like that where he can allude to like there being a higher power in the Dark Order and it's mm-hmm. the spirit of Brody Lee and he could make it work with his like, you know, and hey, I, gave myself, I gave myself goosebumps just doing that, by the way, because that was like, I can imagine was that you being Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's not the impression that I'm talking about, but like imagining uh, it. Man, that impression was so good. I just gave myself goosebumps. <laughs> no, okay, it's... Bud. Um, but no, it would fit perfectly because now I don't even think it'd be hot shotted because they've been having tension within the dark order yeah. and this could be the glue to bring them back together to kind of re- remind everybody like why they're together like what their cause is or whatever it is you know so bray wyatt could be basically be not replacing like you said not replacing brody lee but kind of just reminding what brody stood for and then they could take it in whatever direction they wanted to but i think it'd make perfect sense Right, it's like it fits a little bit too well. Yeah, and and do I think? don't think that's a coincidence. Yeah, what do you think what? Bray Wyatt's name would be? Uh, I would just go Wyndham. Wyatt Brayson. No, I actually said Bray. <laughs> you know, it's funny. At first, I said Bray Wyndham, like just something like that. But yeah. I think he could just go Wyndham and just be fine because it's kind of like mysterious, like you know, the Book of Wyndham, the the Wyndham of Change. Yeah, it's like you so got so potential. many you can go off of, yeah. you know, uh, it, maybe put a Y in there, you know, do one of them things oh, like one note a writer. Don't know, but I've heard okay. straight. I've heard stranger things. So, yeah. I mean, huh? Did you get that? There's a show mm-hmm. with one note a writer called stranger things. That's 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 some great comedy there, Kenneth. Thank you. I do try. You see, Brandon would just like, uh, no, <laughs> uh, I don't understand. Is that the one with the kid and uh, the aliens? Was he Art Donovan? <laughs> who, 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 who was 
the fellow with the uh, the hair and the <laughs> or Donovan, that's a twelve year old girl. Um, so, <laughs> but okay, so let's talk about the fact that, and Speaking I don't be- girls. <laughs> I don't believe this, by the way, just FYI. Um, but the rumor <laughs> is that. You know, Bray Wyatt has a 90-day no-compete clause, and right now he's in the middle of that. But supposedly, he can opt out of the 90-day no-compete clause if he doesn't take any of the money, and he can go compete wherever he wants. And I heard somebody saying he had to give back the money and things like that. First of all, I don't believe that for a second, because I don't think that's how 90-day no-compete clauses work. Um, that being said, I think that maybe he didn't have a 90 day no compete clause is really what it is. He probably had a 30 day yeah. or he had no, literally none. And AEW is just like, Hey, we know when we want a day beauty. We got CM Punk coming. We got Adam Cole coming. We got Brian Danielson coming. We're not going to put you in the middle of that and disrespect you when we got Brody Lee's hometown coming up. And so we'll right. save you for that dynamite because we need yeah. something to go off of Grand Slam anyway. My opinion. Okay. Um, everybody said it, by the way, is that he's changed all his social media references. I totally forgot about this to Cult of Wyndham. So that kind of ties into me saying maybe his name will just be Wyndham. Yeah. Right. I like that. I like that. It's like the more you say it, the more it like fits. Wyndham Shyster. Please never. No. Name. No, nothing, <laughs> nothing to do with with daddy there. Um, imagine if he showed up at Extreme Rules. This was a work, Kenny. He tricked all the fans on Twitter. Oh, the heat man. it will get. I hope not. <laughs> just rekindles his feud with the fear uh, with the demon. Right. Just, just call him. Just go to again. AEW. Call him the friend instead of the fiend. It'll be. We'll allude to him being the friend of uh, Brody Lee. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know what? It works. <laughs> yeah, you said it. I was like, uh, he's he's being a silly goose over there. But I thought about it, and it sounds, yeah, I could see it. Right? I could see it happening. It's like At the least, whole. Like, yeah. We don't say the whole rest of it, but it's of Brody Lee. So it's the friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the friend. There's a whole feud with the the best friends versus the friend. It, there's so many ways they could take it. it is, we're printing money here. For right. Them, if that's right. not what they're doing. You're welcome. You're welcome, AEW. Welcome. Uh, but to, let's let's act like the whole 90 day no compete clause is true and, and he can opt out and things like that. I heard a lot of people like, he is a family. Why would he do that? And I'm like, you don't think Tony Khan says, do it. I'll give you every dime every dime that you're supposed to get with WWE it's like guys why do you get into this wheelhouse of like this can't happen yeah. you know there are times when like come on guys it all signs point to no but this is one of those where it's like if he can opt out and, to- and Tony Khan says look how much is it $90,000 I got you $90,000 signing bonus here you go boom and we'll debut you at Rochester it can yeah. happen guys Easy. it really can you know, it's I didn't think like of that. Was, yeah. I, I forget that is, um, you know, he's related to Barry Windham. Obviously, that's why his name is Windham, his real name. Mm-hmm. So the cult of Windham is is like a nod at Barry Windham, you know? Yeah. So, so I mean, there you go. The three Lots horsemen in AEW and three factions, yeah. Instead of a demonic mask, he wears a smiley face emoji mask as the friend. <laughs> I love this. You see, guys, this is what we should do. We should just brainstorm characters for people. All right? Workshopping it. Workshopping We're it. workshopping it. We're all putting it put it out in the chat. Should he be the friend? Should he be the friend? <laughs> I hate it. I hate that I like <laughs> it, friend. by the way. That's what it is. 
It's like it sucks, but I like it. By the way, I haven't switched. I haven't switched the cameras at all. I'm supposed to like switch to you here. No, nobody. Nobody needs a full screen of me. Why not? I don't even know how to get. I don't even know how to get back to myself. Uh oh. There we go. Oh no. See that that's why you're not doing it because it all just goes off the rails. Yeah. In fact, my computer did not like that whatsoever. That's okay. Nobody did. <laughs> but speaking of <laughs> nothing, I don't know. I don't know how to transition into this. Um, but a lot of us, I think, we were mad about uh, on SmackDown. Shotzi, Shotzi Blackheart, and Tegan Knox had actually won uh, against the women's tag team champions a couple times, and then obviously Rhea Ripley and uh, Nikki Ash ended up winning the tag team championships. And people are like, mm-hmm. and I won't call him out because he's not in the chat, but he knows who he is. But they're like, uh, how come? How come? How come they beat them on SmackDown, but we got them feuding on Raw? And now I think, I think it was because they wanted to do Rhea and Nikki versus Tegan and Shotzi, or as I call them, Team Nazi. <laughs> how have I not heard that before? It's like right there. It's right. That's, the Nazis. that's what I'm saying. It's like you get him in on tanks and everything. Right, they come in on tanks, and it's Shotzi and Knox. <laughs> The Nazis are here. <laughs> Let's get a chant. Everybody, next show they're on. Nazis. Nazis. Print shirts. Hats. Horrible. Absolutely some horrible. Foam fingers. No, I'm not going to do the thing. Hunter's calling him out. Uh, he's nicknamed him Bitter Ritter, which is amazing, by the way. Aw. <laughs> Bitter Ritter. <laughs> but anyway. I think this is a situation where we wrestling fans were not being patient enough because they got there. They got to exactly where we thought they should have got. Um, you know, that being said, um, my computer's freezing up like crazy. Apologize, guys. But um, I heard people say that, oh, but maybe they listened to us and maybe that's why it's happening. And I say, hold on a second. People bitch about the fact that, oh, they don't listen to the IWC. And now you're saying, oh, maybe they listen to us. Can't just change the narrative. Do they listen to the <laughs> IWC or do they not? Well, yeah, ultimately, man, the the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships, I think, is very very way down on the list of things to do for them. So, honestly, I'm just glad Natalia doesn't have that title anymore. So, right, and notice all, that we, we were, we're all cheering for Tamina. We all wanted Tamina to have the title. Ain't no one meaner than Tamina. That's what right. they say. We were cheering for her at WrestleMania, so it was our fault. Because they, the WWE cameras picked up Brandon's cheers of Tamina. We're just burying Brandon on this podcast. It's his fault for not being here. Right, exactly. He should be here to defend himself. But, um, you know, I, I'm glad Tamina had the run, but ultimately I'm glad that they're doing something a little bit different with it. And showcasing it a little bit better with four women who probably wouldn't have been showcased right now because they'd been lost in the mm-hmm. shuffle. So it's like, again, like you said, I think they have the women's tag team titles low on the totem pole, unfortunately, but hopefully this is a way to bring it back up. But I don't really know. I I'm, honestly I'm still know. annoyed that they have two sets of women's tag titles when they could have the original ones were there to be defended across all brands, but they, whatever reason, feel like they need to have an NXT specific one. And even that one now is kind of in the, on the back burner, so it's like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? I was gonna here, say, I don't remember who has it in NXT. That's bad. Oh, I forgot to. Io Shirai and uh, Zoe Stark. But yeah, anyway, you remember their hilarious sushi skit? It was like watching watching my first date with Kyle. 
It's like me trying to understand him as an Asian man and didn't yeah. just didn't work out. Just didn't support my culture. We're both Asian, by the way, so nobody come at me and try to. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, I think this is a situation where we just needed to be patient. But like you said, I think the women's tag team titles are an afterthought as a general opinion our general yeah. you know statement and that's really sad but that actually leads me on to the AEW side of things which is the rumor that AEW is possibly introducing a women's mid-card title titled the women's TBS title and this mm-hmm. is where I go and again I'm not an AEW mark I love WWE I love AEW but this is where I go good job AEW because they to me a women's mid-card title says something sends more of a message about how you care about your women's roster than just throwing together a tag team title yeah because it's like we have such an in-depth roster that you're going to have the upper you know the upper title of the women's division and we're going to have a mid-card title for your up-and-coming women huge that's huge they directly tie into each other as opposed to a women's tag team title where you're like well shit i guess throw give it to anna jay and uh Take take Conti. Yeah. Not that that no, would be bad, yeah. but you get what I'm saying. It's like, you, how do you flesh that out? You know, whereas like you give this to Jade Cargill, you have her as the first women's TBS ch- uh, champion. Now you're warming her up for the women's championship. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. Maybe it's just because we're all used to having like the Intercontinental Championship, the U.S. Championship and stuff like that. It's hard for me to picture in my head them having two women's titles because, like, what's the difference? But then again, you could say the same thing about, like, the universal title and the intercontinental title. So maybe it's just a thing they have to, like, execute and then kind of just figure it out. But, you know, I mean, what I'm, all, I'm all for it, you know? And this is me being as blunt as I can be. And because I had the same thought as you where it's like, how is it going to be different? <laughs> but it's just that we've been conditioned, especially as males, to just think, like, women's title. Yeah, that's for sure. it. Whereas, like, now they're showing that there's a totem pole. And it's, again, we like you said, we accept it in the men's division, which is here's the IC champ. He's the best wrestler on the card. And he's the next guy in line for the world title. I'm all for, hey, this is the women's title. This is the title where, okay, this person's going to be the next star in the women's division. And let's see how they get there. You know, mm-hmm. the execution, I think, will be very important. But, you know, I also like the fact that it's called the TBS title because then you have a TNT title, a TBS title. So it's like you're saying that it's a it's a um, uh, a TV title. But my question there is, does that mean are, are they going to be defended on both TNT and TBS? Because um, Dynamite is going to TBS as of was it the first week of January or so? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. We're going to have Rampage on TNT and Dynamite on TBS. So is that does that mean that TBS title be exclusive to Dynamite and the TNT title be exclusive? Or is it going to be like crossed? Oh, I would assume they'd be exclusive to whatever their the title names are. But then it gets a little weird when you have like pay-per-views and stuff. So but like I said, they do it with the men's titles. It, work, it seems to work with Miro and like Miro and Eddie Kingston didn't seem like a weird thing on the last pay-per-view. So... Like oh, I right. said, uh, yeah, Nero's I'm all been for on like, Rampage. Has it? He's been on. Well, no, he's TNT champion. So, duh, they're both on TNT right now. Right. Who knows? Yeah. Who but knows? I think I think that they're definitely like 
like Miro has been on Rampage very significantly, seemingly like every week. So they're definitely kind of grooming him to be like that guy, or at least that title to be on that show week in, week out. And I think TBS is going to be a similar deal on Dynamite, but purely speculation, obviously. I think how they're doing the Jade Cargill promos and things like that, I think you just have those with mean Mark Sterling talking and she's holding a title belt. It's just like, I can imagine it. I'm like, okay. And she's saying like, she's the, I don't care what other title exists. I'm the champion to beat. Can really right. elevate like I'm, I'm going to build, I'm going to build this title. This title is going to be associated with me kind of deal. So, right. And, and then, you know, you have, a, you have a built in feud with her and Dr. Britt Baker. You know, I'm just using Britt Baker as a, assuming she's champion, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can see it. I can definitely see it. Yeah. If the IC title represents a great wrestler, what about the U.S.? Well, I think the U.S. went through a lot last year, uh, but we finally got through it. Oh, you're talking about the title. Ah. Um, <laughs> no, the, the U.S. is supposed to be the equivalent of the IC title. We've just gotten very convoluted on them being equal representation on Raw and SmackDown, which is why I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't think the answer is to end the brand split. I think the answer is to have the championships mean more and have champions cross brands. You know, mm-hmm. if we can cross streams, we can cross brands, you know? That's what you always say. You're always saying that. That's I'm weird. Like, I mean, yeah, those are some really good words. You haven't taken me up on the offer yet, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I'm on the right I said... <laughs> By the way, yeah, Slam Hub Wrestling says, I said mean Mark Sterling. Yeah, I definitely meant smart Mark Sterling, which I think is the best nickname <laughs> in professional wrestling right now. Yeah, no, we're not talking about mean Mark and his salty old men. And mm-hmm. where are the salty wrestlers, okay? Um, and then, yeah, Diego says the name of the belt is just who they represent as champion. And yeah, yeah, this ain't no Fox and NBC thing where Fox is like, Vince, you can't advertise Extreme Rules on Peacock because we don't like you advertising NBC all the time. And Vince is like, well, damn it, I work with both of you, and I'll advertise who the hell I want. You know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, people in the chat saying, yeah, I caught that too. I was like, mean Mark? Call me out. If I made a mistake, let me know so I can correct it. I literally, you said it, and I was like, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> mean Mark. Mean Mark out there with Jade Cup. Man, can you imagine? You mean have, Mark uh, Sterling with uh, Jade Cargill. <laughs> what a manager. Mark Calloway coming in there with uh, Jade Cargill. Or as he's uh, known now, the the overgiver. <laughs> Took me a little bit there, by the way. Yeah, that was, I saw the smoke coming out of your ears. Oh, definitely. And... Uh, of my dangly earring. Um, but I guess let's lead into this. Uh, I did want to talk about a lot about Dave Meltzer. And you know me. I I like to rant on Dave Meltzer. But Dave Meltzer, uh, first and foremost, went ahead and said that he heard that 1,500 people left during the Charlotte and Alexa Bliss segment on Monday Night Raw. 1,500 people. Now, if you haven't heard the clip, because I, I, of course, got heat on this on Twitter. Everyone's like, well, he was just saying he heard. He was just saying he heard. You had to listen to the podcast with him and, and Brian Alvarez. The tone in which he said it was, I am telling you this because it shows you what I'm trying to say. So he was using this yeah. as a basis to say, do you see? I told you the segment sucked. So the thing is, that never happened. 
1,500 people did not leave during Alexa Bliss and Charlotte. Wait, hold on, hold on. You're, you're, you're going to sit there and tell me that Dave Meltzer was wrong about something? I, you know, I'd be more surprised if Dave Meltzer was correct about something. I will not have you besmirch the name of Uncle Dave. Of Uncle Dave with all of the papers and all of the stuff in his bedroom. Well, you know, I, I heard that, you know, it's like, you know, it's, uh, you know, the 15, uh, you know, people, you know, or, or people were, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> it's leaving, like he's here. You well, know, close, uh, <laughs> guys, close your eyes. Close your eyes. It's like he's here. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> my thing is, why were you just shitting on this segment when to me, this was actually up there with the Ruby Soho and Britt Baker, and I'm sure this is showing you I'm a fair fan. This was up there with the Ruby Soho and Britt Baker um, talk. This was up there with the uh, Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch conversation. This mm-hmm. was really good, especially when uh, I think Charlotte Flair was, or, or what was it? Uh, Alexa Bliss had said something about being, <clears throat> oh, very creative. And then um, Charlotte Flair said, you, you tell me about creativity? As in, like, basically, you're copying Bray Wyatt's gimmick. Don't tell me about that crap. I thought she was more going, like, oh, you're just Harley Quinn. Like, literally, just Harley Quinn. <laughs> it could have been. I mean, it was it both. Could, it's, probably probably, both. it's probably alluding to both. It was a little, yeah. little jab. I, I agree, way. though. I think, I mean, the crowd, obviously, I mean, I think the crowd responded better to, like, Ruby and Britt or even Becky and Bianca. But if you just listen to the content of it, I probably enjoyed the thing with Charlotte and Alexa more than any of them because I think. I don't know. I mean, you could I, I, Becky and Bianca is really good, too. They all are kind of different, but they're injecting a little bit of reality into it. Um, but like I said, you know, Charlotte is just standing that Charlotte, Charlotte just being I think she was a little too like, you know, what I can't stand is like heels that aren't OK with like getting heat, if that makes any sense. Like Charlotte was like legit. You could tell Charlotte was pissed when Alexa was like jabbing yeah. her. But yeah. you have someone like Becky who can like take it and like like mean mean mug the camera kind of deal and like play into it. But right, yeah, I think it's just I, I think it's just different layers of being a heel. You got some chicken shit heels. You got some strong heels. I kind of like that Charlotte's like the gatekeeper of the women's division, and she's so yeah. full of her own shit that it's like you know like you can't say anything about me. Oh oh yeah, you're talking to me. You're talking to the queen like that. Oh sweetheart, that's cute. You know, I mm-hmm. I'm okay with Charlotte being like that because it's kind of like what the internet thinks of her anyway. <laughs> they yeah. think that she's just no, full of true. herself. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I think this was kind of, you know, I I wanted I had it as a subject to talk about in in many episodes, but I I never did. I actually like the fact that, you know, they are doing something with Alexa Bliss where she's, I, to me, she's more popular than she's ever been in this character. And that's even being associated with Bray Wyatt, you know? So I yeah. think she's hitting it out of the park now. She's kind of find, finally found her groove with how to present this character where it's like she kind of dips in and people are acknowledging like, Lexi, you're, you're acting crazy. So mm-hmm. now it's like you're the alter ego of Alexa Bliss and you're acting crazy yeah. and we're trying to bring it out of you like the normal girl. And uh, again, I think they've just found something here and I'm OK with it. Um, again, it was a good segment, but tying it back to to Uncle Dave here, it was it doesn't take a genius to see 1500 people didn't leave during that segment. Yeah, because that's the crowd a crazy was thing there. to say. <laughs> right. And if there was like 10,000 people in there, you'd know if 1,500 people left. Audio-wise, mm-hmm. it would be very audible. It would be a very audible difference in crowd if 1,500 people left. And it's just one of those things where it's like, 
I don't know why would you why would you do this as a as a reporter? Why would you do that? How do I say this? And I said this as a male too. It's like the women's divisions are already like working so hard to try to gain some level of respect. And as a journalist, you're sitting there disparaging WWE's women's division. It's like it just feels so yeah. irresponsible to do because you could literally, um, you know, help so many people, so many the perception of the women's division come up and you choose instead to be negative and you choose to just feed the toxicity of your crowd. That's my thing. And a lot of people are like, I don't understand why you think Dave Meltzer's opinion is so important. It's not. The problem is I have a problem with who he's empowering through his words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, yeah, like at the end of the day, it's okay to have opinions like everybody has their own biases and things they prefer. So it's okay that Meltzer will give, you know, certain matches five stars that some people might not have and vice versa. But, yeah, like you said, it's more so the people that follow him and the people that like rely on him for like news when really it's just editorialized opinions. So it's more. Yeah, like you said, it's it's more so the the, uh, Meltzerites. As I think they're called, right? <laughs> the Meltzerites, yes. We're yeah. going to call them that from now on if they're not. But that's exactly what I'm saying. It's like, I don't like who he's empowering. And like you said, it's the people who are going to his website to view this as news. They don't view it as editorial. They don't view it as opinion. And to me, it's a little too convenient that other reporters are saying, other journalists say, guys, if it's one person's opinion, just leave it be. It's convenient that they say that whenever it is an opinion that is quote-unquote wrong, but whenever mm-hmm. it's a, an opinion that they feel is right, they're like, yeah, you see, Pop, Papa Dave does it again. And they're giving him the platform. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. You gotta, you gotta call a spade a spade. And if he's reporting something that was basically, you know, fake, as real news here, and using it to say this is why the segment sucked, then I'm going to call it out. Somebody has to. Mm-hmm. And I hope it would be you and me. Um, when has Meltzer not been a heel? <laughs> um, the other thing I want to talk about is the fact that Brian Danielson um, on AEW Grand Slam, uh, his match with Kenny Omega. First of all, let's talk about the fact that that was an absolutely amazing match. I don't want to take anything away from this match because it, it was one of the best of Brian Danielson's career. Uh, just the feel that it had before the bell the bell rang and, every, and they just sat there yeah. and they were just staring at each other and, and the whole place was rumbling. I literally said, you know, to Brandon who was actually there. I know he's not here this episode, but he was. Believe. Yeah, believe it or not, um, I actually said, "Do you feel this?" Because they're actually making like they seem more important than WWE right now. They have a twenty twenty plus thousand people in here. They have a main event basically starting the show, and mm-hmm. it felt like a big fucking deal. Really big fucking deal. And to yeah. me, it was like, oh, wow, pro wrestling's back, you know? And I don't say that lightly. Um, and so, again, I'm showing you, I was definitely a fan. I was in love with that match. An amazing match. But again, <clears throat> tying it back to Dave Meltzer here, Dave Meltzer went ahead and gave Brian Danielson. His first five-star rating. <laughs> it's the picture we're laughing at, guys. Go look at uh, YouTube.com. Such a Kenny for your thoughts. If you haven't seen Tree the picture, Seaman. at least look at the thumbnail. Yes, Tree Seaman. Um, but he gave him the first five-star match of his career, and I have a big fucking problem with that. Let's hear it. 
What's your problem? Well, I was going to ask you your opinion on it first. You got a beef? Make a sandwich. Um, <laughs> no, so well, that, that goes back and the whole thing with Meltzer. Like, it's okay because he has things that he likes, which is fine. He likes uh, the Japanese style, strong style. He likes the flips. He likes the stiff, you know, people landing on their necks and shit. Like, he loves it. That's cool. But it's like people kind of take this as like, I mean, it's good to have a baseline, right? I guess because like how else are you going to rate matches? But People take it too seriously, basically, is what I'm trying to say. And one yeah. thing about his ratings that I, I really dislike is that it doesn't take into account like the context of when a match is happening. It doesn't take into context of the moment that it creates. Like, for example, Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston at WrestleMania. The match was fine. It was, it was a really good match. But for like looking at the criteria that Meltzer generally will take, I could see it not being a five-star match. Sure. But the moment that it created was right. fucking 12 stars. Are you kidding me? So right. Yeah. Yeah. For, for that reason, I, I can, I'm okay with Brian Danielson never having a five-star match, even though I think some of his like stuff in ring of honor could have, but Definitely WWE is more about the character stuff, the, uh, the yes movement, all that stuff. So whether or not he had five-star matches, like he's created some of the biggest moments in the biggest wrestling company to ever exist. So Yeah. And and I get it, but it's like, you know, it's criminal to not have like, you know, his WrestleMania 30 match not be up there. Um, And and to me, it's like if the criteria is like just really fucking good wrestling match, it's like, didn't we have uh, Drew Gulak versus Brian Danielson in 2020? Wasn't that a damn good Mm -hmm. match? It's like there were were, to me, it's like to say that not one of his WWE matches was a five star match was criminal. Yeah. and then it's like, it feels a little too coincidental. Even as much as I liked the match, it was like, oh, he goes to AEW, and it's like, there's your five-star match. Right. And again, it's not even Dave Meltzer I have the problem with. It's the people saying, you see, did Brian Danielson ever have a good career in WWE? No. No, now we yeah. see, we're seeing the American Dragon, and it's like, guys, that's why I don't like Dave Meltzer saying what he's saying, because you're empowering that crowd that's, that's anti-WWE and saying, like, Oh, well, none of the matches in WWE ever mattered. He was never good, blah, blah, blah. And that is just not true. Yeah. People that are like, wow, this is a completely different Brian Danielson that we've been seeing that we saw in this match than we ever saw in WWE. In reality, it's like, no, like, look at the context. Like, it's their debuting at Arthur Ashe Stadium. They're opening the show, and he's a face in the world champion. He just debuted. This is his first match ever. So, of course, it's going to be just an insane atmosphere. And the match was good, too. Like you said, I'm not going to yeah. pretend like the match wasn't great or even the best match we've seen from them ever. Like, right. I'm, I'm completely fine with that opinion. But Me it's too. Like, um, I had a point. Probably not, actually. <laughs> no, nah, I was I probably didn't say nothing. He lost it. As I often do. Just like That's me and my okay. ex-girlfriend. Hey, he what, is this bro- what is this guy with the, the man bun here? <laughs> I just like Kenny Omega going like I don't give a shit and then trying to hide a smile as they were uh, <laughs> opening. But yeah, and then Diego saying it's just his opinion. Again, guys, we are saying again it is not necessarily the opinion that we have a problem with. Or at least I'm saying this. Um, I don't have a problem with his opinion. I have a problem with who he's empowering. Again, we mm-hmm. go. That is what we're saying. That a lot of people take his stuff as a gospel, uh, especially when he reports that Edge is going to be gone for a couple months and then Edge is coming back next week. Yeah. He reported that he said that Oscar was not injured when she is 
I guess, right? Didn't, no, opposite, opposite. So he thing? reported that Asuka's yeah. injured. Or, or no, no, you're right. You're dead on. Sorry. Yeah, he said Asuka's yeah. not being used and et cetera, et cetera. And it's like Asuka's like in a brace, like her shoulder, you know, a shoulder sling and had yeah. an injury. So it's like, come on, guys. Yeah. It's like Meltzer, Meltzer has value. Like he's he's been in the game a long time. He can analyze a match, whatever. Yeah. But when it comes to like, Oh, I'm hearing, you know, the, the backstage uh, kerfuffle, the, 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 the <laughs> Lanny backstage is telling me. <laughs> it's like, come on, you're like, when, when he starts talking about where storylines are going, it's like, okay, yeah. definitely. I'll skip that page. Definitely. And, and I guess, you know, uh, we could either wrap it up or if you want to do some extreme rules uh, predictions, I mean, it is tomorrow. We could go a little bit longer here, Cal. Depends on, on what you want to do, brother, brother. Hey, man, I got, you know, we, we, can, we can get into it. I, I touched on it or spoke about it a lot with uh, old Bama Dave. Uh, but I'm feeling I would love to get your thoughts on some of these matches as well. Yeah, so let's do it. I'm up for it. Let's do it. I, I'm going to leave that to you because I don't remember any of the damn matches. I'm not going to remember the card. I have the card up here. By Look the way, the show you. is called... You are a better co-host than Brandon's been in like 140,000 <laughs> episodes. It's uh, it's actually WWE rules. So, just correct you there. It's not extreme rules. It's WWE. It's WWE rules because the most extreme thing about extreme rules is going to be Jeff Hardy's face paint. Ah, yes. <laughs> Team extreme. <laughs> That's why he was added to the triple for, or to the to match because he needed Didn't something extreme it? on the card. Didn't they change uh, one of the matches to an extreme rules match? I want to say Roman. One of them yeah, got they, updated they to an extreme rules match, but it was almost like it felt like Vince was like, "Damn it, we didn't have an extreme rules match." <laughs> Wait, <laughs> you're telling me it's not fully loaded this Sunday? <laughs> what? Is this an un- unforgiving? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the chat's saying this is the least I've ever talked in an episode, and I'm all for it. I am all for it. Man, I'm, I'm saving your viewers from hearing you talk too much. So, Well, damn. Shit. But yeah, dude, we, we, do we want to go, uh, go a little down the card ski? Yeah, go down the card ski. Yeah, what's the first match? Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we got a little Liv Morgan versus Carmella. Thoughts? I don't want to bury the women's division because it's not the women's division I'm mad at at all. I want it to go just next match, but I I can't do I can't do that because these two deserve so much more than like just being an afterthought. And they've done nothing to make me interested in this. And that has nothing to do with the talent of the two women involved. It has everything to do with the writing team not knowing how to write for women. Uh, There I said (laughs) they should have made this a hair versus hair match or something to like add an element to this either the feud or to one of their characters because right now they're kind of i don't want to say interchangeable that's that would be mean but like and then the, the context of how they've been booked like pretty much you know so i think it'll be it'll be a good match but it, it might it might be sasha banks's fault because like they were supposed to do something there with her and stuff but who knows but it's it's just like uh it, it's like Please let this be Liv Morgan's coming out party because they need to do something a little bit better with her. Um, yeah. You know, they have her. Uh, <laughs> Kenny's Macho Man impression is Jay Lethal's level of good. You should have heard it before we went on air. Ask Kyle. It was a lot more deep and no pun intended. It was a lot deeper, <laughs> a little bit better than uh, than it is right now. Yeah, he does it. He does it when he wakes up next to me and he says it down the hairs of my neck to wake me up. Yeah. Too cold to hold, too hot to handle. Yeah, Kyle. You want to snuggle? Yeah. 
I can't. I'm not, I, was, I, don't, I have nothing. What do you think AJ Styles would, would have to say about this match? I mean, Liv, Liv Morgan's a great talent. I mean, I mean, the, the SmackDown writers try. Uh, I mean, Omas over here, uh, it's, it's cap. It's all cap. Uh, I don't know, some shit like that. <laughs> that was pretty dead on, actually. <laughs> I haven't done an AJ Styles impression in a while. I know, I know. It makes <laughs> me upset. Had a reason you downvote. There's always yeah. a reason to. There wasn't, there wasn't a reason to there. Uh, but yeah, who do you have winning this match, huh? Oh, what? Are we doing, uh, Liv Morgan are we doing predictions? And, uh, and Carmella? I think, Liv, I think there's no reason to not have Liv Morgan win. Yeah, I mean, Carmella Nice is, baby face win. Come on now. Carmella's lost 30 matches in a row anyway, so what's another one, you know? Right, so. exactly. And that's, um, and that's my whole thing. Is like I feel like they're burying both of them, and that's why the match is so dis, disinteresting. It's like, do something, please, for love of God. I mean, anyway. Zelina Vega got to win on SmackDown. These two can't, so it right. tells you where the vision is at. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that, we have the Usos versus the Street Profits for the tag team straps. I wasn't interested in this match until they made me interested with what they did with Montez Ford and SmackDown. So I think they did a good job there because I think like they literally were like, I don't know. I don't know what happened. They decided to kind of run with Montez and it worked. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, honestly because I think because Dawkins was at a wedding, right? That's why he wasn't there. Yeah. Supposedly. Supposedly. But uh, man, that might be the worst thing for Dawkins because uh, Montez didn't seem like he didn't belong in there. Like he he hung with Roman Reigns, the biggest guy in the company. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that Montez is going to get a world title run next month or anything, but I think there's definitely probably seeds being planted. Um, yeah, absolutely. Who knows? Who knows? I'm not, like in terms of this match, because I I guess yeah, because she's not on the card. I was kind of under the impression that Naomi was eventually going to get added to the bloodline stable and associate with the Usos and stuff. But, but it seems like they're taking on. her more, but nobody, I, I'm going to say something. I had a problem with everybody saying that shit because they've done nothing to insinuate that, but everybody just assumed they've well, done no, nothing okay. to insinuate that. No, 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 no. Let me tell you, I'm, let me tell you, why don't you just take a seat there a second. So they, so Naomi, at least in the first few weeks, it was definitely like, there was a uh what's the word i'm looking for it's like she was pissed it was like oh well you're not gonna give it to me well i'm gonna take it but in reality i guess that's not a bad thing that's kind of a uh a thing people can get behind so but i could see that that that's where it's rooted in is that she seemed like she wasn't getting her fair shot so she was gonna do whatever it takes as a heel does to take it but doesn't yeah. seem like they're going that route judging by uh last week no SmackDown. they're definitely getting sonia deville back in the ring and to me, I think they're actually doing something pretty ingenious with Naomi, which is to kind of just amping up exactly what's been going on with her on social media, yeah. which is that fans feel like she's not getting her, you know, her due. And, you know, Sonya Deville's playing the role of the office, holding her down. And I saw someone say it. It is true. It's like she's doing a little bit too good of a job. It's like her acting <laughs> is so on point because it's like you would think she legitimately does not see anything in Naomi. Yeah. She's doing a great no, job. And, I, and, and to me, remember what she did with the Mandy Rose feud. To me, I think this is going to be like, you know, no pun intended, but this is Sonya Deville's coming out party where you're going to be like, oh, she's a star 
because this is a second storyline that she's just gonna like amplify and make better yeah i think it's gonna be great for both of them for yeah. sure i mean this is as invested in naomi as i've ever been so and sonya's obviously tremendous in this role so yeah excited yeah. i'm excited for it yeah kudos to wwe doing a good job with this and that's kind of exactly why i'm saying the Liv morgan and carmella stuff makes me so mad is because then you have this feud that's doing so well but anyway. well, hey live live hit carmella in the face once right uh who, who's the fella hitting the other fella in the face or right. none of it those are two women yeah but um, low key, this Naomi thing feels like the beginning of a Daniel Bryan 2013 getting buried thing, and she can rise from it. I don't disagree with that. It's got that feel yeah. like there's something big here, and not only that, but like Sonya Deville's playing a good Triple H role. You know what I mean? Of the like, hey, you're you're B plus yeah. player, like we ain't see nothing in you. And you know, credit to Sonya Deville that she's good enough that like, cause she's a newer star too. And yet mm-hmm. she's playing that like authority role very well in that sense where you think of her as a big deal. So, I mean, kudos to both of them in this feud so far. Yeah, definitely. But uh, so we get the tag team titles. Uh, that's a thing. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess the I guess the Usos retain uh, there. Yeah. But uh, I don't think any there's any reason for the Street Profits to win unless they're planning to do something bigger with Montez Ford. But you, I think you could do something bigger if he loses to me. Mm-hmm. So. And another kind of layer to this is that the draft is the very next week. That's another yeah, oh, thing yeah. I got to factor into it. Like who is going to bloodline goes like, together. Exactly. And I, like, I, I there's no reason see the street yeah. profits going to roll or, you know, and they did it last year. They literally got drafted as the champions last year. So it's like, there's no reason to do that again. And then again, the bloodline goes as a stable mm-hmm. one draft pick, you know, Roman and the bloodline <laughs> as opposed to, um, you know, Oh, the Uso separately or the, you know Roman Reigns separately, so yeah. let's see. Um, then we got Charlotte versus Alexa Bliss, which we've already title. talked about. I think I yeah. think they did a good job of hyping this match up. I'm actually excited for the match. So I, I mean, too. take that, Dave. You showed him. Yeah, you really put your foot down there. Yeah, my bedroom's clean. Can't see it with the green screen, but my bedroom's <laughs> clean, fucker. <laughs> But then you're not using the bedroom correctly, huh? Oh, but the things that happen in the bedroom are dirty. <laughs> so dirty. You, you dirty dog. Are they even on the card, the dirty dogs? No, they're not. They oh, it would have been such a good transition. <laughs> See, speaking of the dirty dogs, you got Robert Rude and Dolph Ziggler sitting in catering. Well, hey, don't don't be all dirty like that. I mean, if you keep talking like that, you're going to need a priest. So this next match, we have Damian Priest versus Sheamus versus Jeff. I love it. And this is why the narrative, by the way, will Alexa win in her hometown? I definitely see her win in the women's championship because I've actually alluded to this to other people. And, you know, as a general statement, Charlotte's always been a transitional champion. I don't think people mm-hmm. realize that. Like, you know, obviously she had her own run at a couple times, but as a general rule, they're like, okay, we got to give it to this person, give it to Charlotte first, and then give it to the to that other person. Yeah, her her longest reign is like 170 days or something. Like, she has not had like a like a big long reign. I don't know what the average is, but I'd be interested to in see. It's probably like maybe a month on average yeah Yeah. so it's like she's had the time i keep cutting to brandon by the way there is no brandon Uh, so uh, when nia Jax comes in and he's you know why don't we have you know like a broad panties match you know like i can just hear him 
<laughs> anyway, I need Cedric the the enter the, the Alexander the, on the, the Alexander <laughs> on this card. Yeah, I mean, you know. But anyway, just getting buried. But anyway, um, <laughs> one sidebar. You know, I always hear like, oh, NXT people when they go to the main roster are buried. Um, I get I get where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from. But look at Damian Priest. They ain't done wrong with that guy yet. Damian Priest has just been on, like, had the rocket boosters on him since coming to the main roster. So, it's all bad bunny, man. It's all bad bunny. Thank you to bad bunny. Bad, bad bunny. bunny. When's he coming back? I hope yesterday, because I miss him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do. Uh, might have been the loudest reaction at WrestleMania 37, guys. I was there, and I promise you, 1,500 people did not leave when Bad Bunny came out on that semi truck, which I got a picture somewhere doing his little pose but i was mm-hmm. drunk so i think uh that pose didn't turn out too well i was trying to do the whole uh whatever the fuck he does what does he do the pose the little like i can't do it with yeah but the i was trying to do it yeah. and uh yeah the alcohol said yeah you got it buddy and you know in reality <laughs> did not have it did not Speaking about it. alcohol, we got Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus versus Damian Priest. Horrible. Horrible. But yeah, I think Damian Priest has this. Yeah, I think so. he's booked way better than the other two right now, which is crazy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they just added Jeff Hardy into this because that Twitter bullied them after the whole 24-7 thing. It's like, no, we like Jeff Hardy. Here, look, he's in this it's match. It's like, hold on, hold on. We, we just, we we didn't have, somebody else was out, and we just needed someone to run in. We didn't know you'd know it was Jeff Hardy. <laughs> we didn't think you actually watched those segments. It's like, what? Well, nobody was watching Raw at this time. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Any, any whoozle. Uh, and after that, we have uh, Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch. What do we think about this there, Kenneth? This one's weird because uh, I think they extend the feud because I want to. I know what the ultimate goal is: Bianca winning the title back. But I don't think you win it back this soon. But I also don't think mm-hmm. that you have Becky beat her clean. This is definitely going to be the like, oh, Bianca should want should have won, and then Becky had the tights kind of thing, and then goes, "You lost to the man again. You lost to like you know just." You know, all that nonsense mm-hmm. and then saying, no, uh, uh, like you had my tights. And if you didn't do that, you know, I can I can hear the promos, you know, yeah, yeah. Becky just really hamming it up and saying, I beat you twice. I got your number. And Bianca saying, you know, you won on a roll up, you know, things like that. So, again, my prediction is that Becky Lynch somehow wins, but I don't think she wins clean. Do you do you think we might see a Sasha Banks interference in this match? I don't know. Does the arena allow unvaccinated people in? <laughs> that's that's the question. Columbus. <laughs> I don't think they have rules there. So, right, Ohio <laughs> <laughs> goes there. Why are like, we burying Ohio? I don't even know people from. I Ohio. don't know. I, no, I, I do have an ex girlfriend from Ohio. She was the one that got away. But anyway, let's <laughs> before you go before you Lindsay, spiral. Take me next. back, please. One day. <laughs> That's why this podcast exists. So right. You can just broadcast to her. Become famous enough for her to take me back. That's a good plan. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I called it uh, Candy for Your Thoughts. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, any hoozle. <laughs> that brings us to the, uh, which I, I'm, I'm guessing will be the main event. Uh, Roman Reigns versus The Demon. For the old UV title. Is there no raw championship match? 
No. Really? No. Well, I guess, I mean, not at this point, I don't think, unless I missed it. But, uh, yeah, because Big E just won the title, right? So there's right. been no, uh, unless they do like a rematch with Lashley or something at the last second. Interesting. But, uh, no, no, like, no, because you're saying it, and I don't remember there being a, there isn't there a Raw Tag Team Titles match, though? Isn't it? Or did they have that already? With Randy Orton and uh, oh, I, I was like, "Who the hell are the Raw Tag Team Champions right now?" RK Bro, um, yeah, Bro. No, no, now that you say it, now that you say it, I don't. F- f- they, they, yeah, what's up? Phony says, uh, "Someone you know from Ohio points himself." This <laughs> <laughs> Barry in Ohio, and I, one of my favorite people on this chat, Barry and And all I'll say to that is, please go talk to Lindsay for me. <laughs> she moved back to Ohio. You know, Ohio is for lovers. I can move there too. Virginia is for lovers. As a Virginian, that that is that's what we the are. big O Ohio. What the, the fuck's Ohio saying? All right. Obviously, you can see I'm illiterate and geographically challenged. Wasn't the big O like a wrestler in ECW, WWE, ECW? No, the big O was uh, well, two things. Yes, the big O was Zack Ryder's friend on the Z True Hollywood story. But oh. you're talking about Ricky Ortiz. Ricky Ortiz, yes. Ricky yes. Ortiz, who also was affectionately known as the big O. Who's also married to Layla L. Don't ask me why I know that. All that you stuff. You know a lot of things about Ricky Ortiz. But probably Atlas, too many. He was named Atlas the Bone in FCW when I saw him. And then he debuted Atlas the Bone. That, absolutely. And then he right. went on to become to debut as Atlas Ortiz in ECW. But then they were like, shit, we got Tony Atlas. And the next week he's like, they were like, Atlas Ortiz. And he goes, hey, my friends call me Ricky. Call me Ricky. The most organic name change I've ever seen in professional wrestling. <laughs> and he became Ricky Ortiz from there. That is the most you'll ever hear about Ricky Ortiz on a wrestling podcast. That's a lot more information than I needed or wanted. So I'm obsessed with the that. man. What can I say? You know, Ricky Ortiz is for lovers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about Ricky fucking Ortiz. <laughs> Hey, look how many people we got in the chat right now. They're loving this banter. We need to replace Brandon. That's what's going on here. Yeah, the word's spreading. Hey, Ricky Ortiz talk here on YouTube. Go check this out. And your legs are spreading. This is the place to be. <laughs> and that bed behind this green screen. See mm-hmm. it? See yeah, it peeking see it. out there? See Get it, it take out? your clothes off and go lay in it. Prove there's a bed there. <laughs> <laughs> speaking about. I was tempted. I literally stopped. I was like, <laughs> shall I do this? <laughs> That's one of those things where it's like, I bet he's going to do it. <laughs> he's going to puke. He's <laughs> going to puke. Speaking about uh, draws, uh, <laughs> he was never universal champion. Right. But you know who is? Roman Reigns, who's facing the demon uh, at, at WWE Rules 2021. So, I, ca- I kind of want the demon to win, but like I know, it, I know it's not going to happen. But it's like to me, you have a, if you have a scenario where you got the bloodline losing all the titles, and then going to Monday Night Raw to challenge the New Day, mm-hmm. you know you have like a built-in feud there, or you know obviously the New Day can come to SmackDown, you know whatever. But it's like that's this is the time period where it's like predictions are a lot harder because. They can literally change the entire thing up with the draft. Yep. So it's a good thing. I, I like it. But I, I it will never 
not make me mad that they do <laughs> literally think about what I'm saying here they do the draft right before fucking Survivor Series which is literally uh. a brand versus brand pay-per-view how the fuck can you defend a brand that you've been a part of for less than four weeks it is <laughs> it's even worse when they did like what was it a few years ago like Smackdown invaded Raw so you have all these guys you have like Bobby Roode who literally just debuted a week ago from NXT wearing the Smackdown t-shirt like I bleed blue ah glorious beer money like you know he would he would do so <laughs> yeah it's right. like stuff like that it's like there's no sense of brand loyalty obviously because you just got there right so like why are we supposed to believe that you're invested in it and how are we supposed to get invested in it and if we're not invested in it why do we care why are we having this match so it's like why is this even happening right and that's kind of what i'm getting at which is like it's just one of those and again it's to show you that i'm fair to wwe and like i don't just praise them like this is stupid to me to do mm-hmm. all of this um right before survivor series and it's like could you not maybe do it right after survivor series like could it not be a post survivor series thing yeah um, or even after wrestlemania right you know after wrestlemania was a good time but like i get it because you know you have monday night football and you have the pressure of everything but it's like it still like does not add to the cohesiveness of your storylines to be like all right here you're going from bobby lashley's going from raw to smackdown and then two weeks later he's coming out and attacking monday night raw and saying like well i'm representing the blue brand it's like bobby we just saw you dominate monday night raw for like a year mm-hmm. why the fuck do we care it's so dumb dude I can't anyway. as long as they don't wrestle in their shirts I'm okay with it. That drove me crazy. We had, I like, don't like when men wrestle with shirts either. I don't like when men wear shirts generally. Right. Absolutely. Speaking of which, we'll talk after the this call and <laughs> we'll take off shirt. <laughs> if it's beer only, money only was in content. WWE, they would have been called Outlaw Mud Show. What the <laughs> f- now I want that to happen. Right. Outlaw. Why are you telling me all these things? Mud show. <laughs> Hunter was saying your money was a different promotion, Kyle. He knew that. Oh, was it? Oh, I always get that confused. Right. Kyle's always got TNA on the mind. And so <sighs> the reason that is is because he covers TNA on his podcast. Oh, Kyle, tell shucks. them about your podcast. Whoa. Thank you for bringing it up there, Kenny. Uh, <laughs> yes. The apron bump, uh, as Kenny described it uh so i cover retro pay-per-views special events from companies uh spanning four different decades from promotions big and small all over the world so tna the glory days of tna uh the glory days of ring of honor so I, i'm going through all these brian danielson matches and when i see a five-star match do I'll you mean the one that podcast. dave Meltzer didn't give five stars to yeah i mean his match against fucking easy money should have been five stars in my opinion um, nobody's gonna know who that is, nor should you. Isn't so, he uh, the guy that doesn't like that takes all the gear money from people and then doesn't send them? See, I knew who fucking Easy Money was. Go Google that. The man made gear for a lot of wrestlers and then didn't deliver. Does <laughs> nothing. I'm doing. Uh, but yes, <laughs> the apron bump. Uh, so like old WWF stuff. So just go check it out. Like. Turn this, turn this podcast off and go to apronbump.com. No, cut him off. Don't do that. No, t- guys, turn, turn guys, don't, don't, guys, guys, don't do, guys, don't, don't do that. 
stick with me. Stick with me here. He, Kyle, you're muted, so people can't hear you. So, yeah, yeah. But anyway, all right, I'll put your mic back on, but behave yourself. All right? Anyway, <laughs> he's, st- he's he's been Was unmuted, actually but muted? he's... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah, yeah. thought we were having fun there. No, no, you were actually <laughs> muted for a little bit. <laughs> That's, I really hate I that. like I this really comment. Diego says, so Kyle is the one and only TNA viewer, and that's just not true because I watch TNA too. I'm probably the only one watching Impacts from 2005, though. So Right. Brandon, but, Brandon, you hear me? I'm so used to saying Brandon. <laughs> so we've officially crossed the territory into being a two-day wrestling podcast because it's midnight. <laughs> oh, man. Literally, the, the color long. in my computer changed. But anyway, we're pretty much wrapped up, right, guys? So make sure later tonight, because it's a Sunday now, uh, make sure later tonight you watch Extreme Rules. Make sure you don't listen to Dave Meltzer. Make sure you don't cut off this episode. But later on, go listen to Kyle's podcast. He calls himself a lot of things. He's the apron bump. He's the hardest part of the ring. He's the. I am, look, I am not an apron bump. People say that I'm apron bump. I'm not apron. I, my Twitter handle is apron bump. Right. I, that's why I'm, I, I'm, I'm not a I'm not an apron bump. I'm the hardest part of the ring. I am the K to the Y to the L to the E. Okay. Right. The bird no, man. Please, please don't. Yeah. Bird man. Uh, yeah. Bird <laughs> is the word. All that shit. Um, <laughs> man, I'm, I, I'm like Phony. hammered right now. I don't know what I was talking about. That is not Brandon. He's not sleeping. Yes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> to to have called Kyle probably the most offensive thing I could have called but what I'm really upset at is that Brandon told me he jump on this episode and and I've literally been, been on the edge of my seat waiting for him to just pop in like we're in the middle of something He's like, guys I want to show you before we go I was ready this whole episode for Brandon to jump in look I literally had dividers a different divider set and I was going to pull Kyle to the middle and then put Brandon on the side here I was definitely prepared for Oh, you're going to spit roast me. But, uh, yeah, you were going to be in the middle of two very hot, sweaty men. Yeah, I guess you're not the least. It's not the worst position to be in, I guess. I might have put Brandon. I might have put Brandon in the middle for the simple reason that we're both wearing the Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, it just makes more sense. But anyway, guys, if you want Kyle to come back one day, give a thumbs up to this episode. Let me know that you actually like this dynamic, that you actually are listening to this. And I'll go ahead and bring Kyle back on. You're going to have to pay up. Sign up for that Patreon. I will sign up for the Patreon, and these, I'll go uh, these ahead. These checks and, are bouncing. I I do get my business acumen from old ECW tapes. That's very clear. <laughs> but anyway, guys, <laughs> thank you for joining us. And uh, <laughs> I guess Brandon has to appear on this episode, so we'll leave you with the Manscaped song. Shave your pubes. Getting ready for a date. Now I'm in the zone. But I had to clean up quick before I hit the road. Normal clippers mess me up. Nicks and cuts were just too much. Now I'm bleeding everywhere. They're itching on me too. Every sleepless night. Got too much hair down there. I need to mow it down. Gotta stay clean to bear, but there's a better way. And now I can shave these things. This much I know is true. You 
use Manscaped to shave your pubes, and you'll be silky smooth.